Welcome to Podheim, Jirok's Valheim podcast. Let's give him the business. Hey, everybody. This is the second part of the two-hour interview that we did with Jonathan, a.k.a. J.S. Mars, over at Iron Gate. So let's finish the rest of that interview now. So how much time do you spend developing new stuff versus fixing and maintaining the existing code? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I mean, for me, like for specifically, I mean, since I do mostly engineering, like software uh, programming work, I also do like, I mean, I set up assets and prefabs and stuff like that. I, d- I, I mean, Richard and, and I do the programming. And since since he has the the most of the visions of say mistlands in his head and he knows what he wants to do uh so far we've been doing like he's been working more on that part and i've been trying to to help out to fix things that are broken and uh and uh just clean up stuff um improve things that are already there if you can say that but at the same time it's just assist with all the new stuff like uh and also doing a few smaller new things like the armor stand i did and uh things like that so I don't know. It's kind of hard to say, but I would actually say probably I do. Maybe, me personally, I probably do maybe say 70% fixing uh, old stuff and 30% working on new content. But other people in the team will probably be much more, maybe like 80% new content. <laughs> like Especially if you say like a lot of the parts um, of building biomes and building content is actual, it's like graphic content a lot of the time. So it's like making models, making enemies, animations. And then I'll I'll go in and hook it all together and put it in there. Um, one thing I was wondering as we you were talking about launch and how how you got into into Iron Gate, what what do you feel compared to all the other experiences that you've had in the past joining ver- studios of various uh, sizes? What was the biggest challenge as a small, very small studio when you joined soon after launch? Um, yeah, I mean, so far it's been a great experience. I think we're an uh, an amazing team, really good people tightly knit uh i i like the fact that we are small like i know everybody fairly well on the team like we go out for uh after work and and to a restaurant and we can sit and talk you sit and talk to everybody you know everybody fairly well some people a little bit more some people less like uh because of covid i mean a lot of people have been working from home i actually live like about two hours away from the office so i work mostly from home and i go to the office like for a few days every other week or so just like to hang out with everybody and 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 things like that but but we hang out a lot on discord and talk anyway but yeah compared to other places um it's a great place (laughs) Uh, so far it's a lot better than my previous experiences i could say i'm quite interested also by the uh your creative process as a team because you were saying you everyone is doing a little bit of everything so how how does that work when it comes to working on um new content new biomes and things like that like is there is there a process that you follow to get that creativity or is it like more of a brainstorm? Everyone throws ideas and whatever sticks. Um, yeah. I mean, if you can say one of the challenges I think we have as a team, like both of us starting off as just basically 
basically Richard and then a few more people that helped him work on his project to become a few more people. It's still like uh, one of the best parts of the team is that it's very free and open. It's it's basically like, uh, uh, how should you say? Uh, everybody's expected to work on what, what they think is the most important part at the moment, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really said in that way, but it's it sort of is like, yeah, we'll just work on what's important, basically. Um, but it's not really like we have managers who tell us work on this and work on that. This is the most important and so on. So that is sometimes it's a little bit hard to know, like, okay, sh- what should I be working on? And then we can have a discussion like, oh, should I work on this or that? Or I mean, at, at, at the end of the day, it's it's like Richard who who does who makes the decisions of like what goes and what doesn't go. But at the same time, it's it's more like, uh, maybe you wake up one day and, and like somebody is like, oh, I got an idea for this for this new monster, and uh, that person might just like make a sketch of that and throw it up, and then other people come with some input, and then maybe I come like somebody else comes with an idea. Oh, I, I got this an idea for a, for a functionality, and we test that out in the game. So uh, I'd say it's it's kind of it's it's a mixture of freedom and chaos and creativity, which I think is <laughs> it works quite so well. Fun. It sounds yeah, it's like, like a my great environment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where can we apply? <laughs> yeah, and in that regard, I'd say it's it's a lot uh, more. From my personal experiences, it's a lot more fun than working for other studios. I'm sure there's tons of great studios that are are, are creative workspaces, even though they are bigger. Um, but I think it's I think it is a challenge to have have many people and at the same time um, have a lot of freedom. You can say that. Mm. Uh, I was just wondering, is there any uh, model or creature you like specifically? Like, if you if you if you would have to do a ranking from top to bottom. Oh, you think uh, creatures? Uh, just yes. the monsters in the game? Yes, just the monsters, not not the bosses, just the 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 actual usual uh, creature you run around or run across. Wow, that's a difficult question. Uh, <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> Let's see. I need to think about that. Um... Well, I'll throw out mine while you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, and it, that, it, it, it's a recent one. I mean, obviously, you have the new mountain caves, and there's a lot of uh, the frost caves, and there's a lot of great stuff in there. But I think for me, um, uh, that there, I have two favorites, and Ichthyr, because of my very first like experience where I was like my heart was racing and the the heavy metal music was playing and i was running for my life like and, and the electricity and the sparks it was just so amazing that first fight but then also the recent abomination when that thing pulled itself out a tree stump out of the ground and flipped itself upside down and started run, running at me that whole thing was like in a mo- in my mind i just saw this amazing cinematic movie playing and it was and it just like took my breath away it's like <laughs> those so yeah those two creatures really did it for me as far as like making an impression yeah i agree the the abomination is really cool but i said <laughs> but i said creatures not not bosses so you you broke that rule so, yeah I was uh, like great wolves and stuff yeah like the your usual I mean, the grayling is just cute. He's just a cutie. <laughs> we just call them the locals. <laughs> like the cutelings are the locals of the plains. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Just the usual natives you run around. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, I, I agree. Like um, some of the bosses I think were really cool, but I wasn't allowed to pick bosses. So <laughs> I think I'd have to pick the locks. I think. Mm. Ooh. Um, okay. I, I remember um, like uh, uh, an interesting part of not, being on the 
project from the start. Like, even though, of course, it's even more interesting to be part of it, something from the the whole beginning. But like, I got to play an early, like, still pretty early version of the game and have that experience um, without having worked on the game. Like, I mean, of course, it changes a lot after that when you start working on the game and you know the ins and outs of the game a lot more. Um, but but yeah, I remember I remember we had a really interesting like experience with the Loxus. Like we were in mm-hmm. in planes much earlier than we should have been, and everything was extremely dangerous and everything. Yeah. And they just looked so cool. They're so big, and we're like, these are going to be so dangerous and <laughs> and everything. Uh, and of course, somebody ends up dying, and we end up trying to yeah get back their their stuff. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, and I really like the design. It's really like a cozy. Uh, seems mm-hmm. like a really nice. Um, Animal. Mm, still waiting for the lox cheese and lox milk to come. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, we have a lot of we have a lot of food in the game now. I think so. All right. All right, so maybe it's easier for you to choose a favorite weapon. Favorite weapon. Um, like for example, I I usually run I like the the sil- the silver gear or the silver sword and shield. I find that pretty. Pretty cool. Give it like it gives you really nice fantasy vibes. And in in cases you know if things get uh, turn ugly, I, I use uh, the sledgehammer, the iron sledgehammer, and just start smashing the ground until you can't see anything. And yeah. at some point, the mobs are gone. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> good. Yeah, I I actually use the axe like uh, for my whole through first playthrough. Basically, I tried a few other weapons, but. Uh, I was just like, ah, I mean, I can use this both for trees and for killing. So, and yes. and like looking at the stats, I was like, oh, they're pretty much they're pretty much the same. So I'll go for the axe. And then mm-hmm. later realizing, like, oh yeah, they, of course they have different attack speeds and ranges and all that stuff. So, so mm-hmm. now I actually play more with the spear. I think it's a, it's nice mm-hmm. to both have a bit of a range. It's pretty fast, and you can also throw it to catch those deer. Uh, yeah, those deer. Oh, oh yeah, I wish you could throw the axe as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. love that. I mean, that would be like, I mean, we know since uh, this Viking series that Vikings have been throwing axes. So yeah, exactly. I mean, actually, yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> we actually sort of discussed that the other day, and I was like, yeah, why can't we throw axes? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that would be cool. Well, yeah, it's it's all a balance, right? Like figuring out what 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 one thing should do is does another thing weapon already provide that functionality, and do you want to? give it to that axe either because the axe it chops trees and it doesn't have a special attack but but it chops trees and nothing else chops trees as well but what yeah. i want to throw axes yeah even if it's just for the style i wouldn't be able to just throw it on uh, uh, anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> even if it doesn't do any damage <laughs> yeah. but then you have to and then you have to do the walk of shame of like going and like picking it back up <laughs> Yeah, and that's always the risk with the spear. Like you throw it, and then you yeah. don't know: am I going to find this again, or am I? Did I lose it forever? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember finding a spear on the side of a mountain like a week later, and I thought, "Oh, yeah, there's that spear I <laughs> threw last week and lost." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you are. <laughs> so, so Rudy, you have a couple of questions, don't you? I do. Yeah. So it's kind of fitting actually i just pulled up to a new frost cave here on our resource server so uh that patch came out today pretty exciting stuff uh what's your favorite biome in the game um hmm, that's a good question as well i think um i mean 
I, I kind of, uh, <laughs> I kind of think they're all nice in their own way. Uh, they have different, like they're quite varied in somehow, uh, some way. I might say the mountains actually, because I had both a really bad experience with running up there too early, losing all my stuff, and really hating, like almost like seriously quitting the game. It probably <laughs> took me like an hour and a half to get back that corpse. Oh, um, oh yeah. But I then, like, remember. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I just think it's it's. Uh, I really like um, I really like snow, <laughs> like both uh, in reality and uh, in games. Um, and uh, I think that I, I really like the the feeling on the mountain. Like it, it it's like this adventurous place, the dangerous place, and like you get a snowstorm and and great music. And uh, yeah, I, I think I'd say mountains actually. Perfect, and thank you for the segue uh, on the music. There, uh, we interviewed Patrick, the composer of the soundtrack, a few weeks ago. And uh, got a lot of uh, neat information on how he came up with the music for the different biomes and stuff. Uh, so I'm going to ask uh, you the same question that we asked Patrick and Luma, actually. What's your favorite uh, song from the soundtrack? Yeah, that's a difficult question, actually. Um, I mean, I think it's well for me. I think that the soundtrack made uh, it's such a huge part of any game. Like, um, sure, you can have great games with mediocre soundtracks but in, in so many ways a, a like an amazing soundtrack will really carry a game so much further and i know like for for Valheim, like uh, i mean person i think the music is is great and, and and it was really i mean they really put a lot of energy into it like both patrick and and i know like both uh, robin and, and and richard really like they worked with it together for a long time to get something that they all wanted to to put in the game which I think you can, re- which is like getting back to what a good feel they have for for the presentation part of a game. Like, like not just saying like, "Oh, this was this was good, okay, good enough, put it in there." Like, really, really nailing the music, uh, which I think they did. Uh, which is for me one of the reasons why I think the game really uh, did so well. But I'd say I, for me, I think uh, there again, I think I'd say mountains or or the uh, sailing music. But because of because of uh, the snowy scenes and everything, I think I'd say mountains actually. Excellent, and it's, uh... It's, uh, I can just uh, I have to throw in um, one of my all time favorite games is Dungeon Siege One. I don't know if anybody's played that. Um, has excellent uh, <laughs> snow snow biome like snow world and a city like a village and and really nice music as well. So when you're not uh, like coding and programming, do you play Valheim much yourself recreationally or Um yeah, actually I mean I'd say one of the one more of the luxuries of working on Valheim is that it's I think one of the few games that you can spend your whole day working on and at the end of the day you can sit down and play the game and actually have a whole lot of fun. So many games like I mean in in large part be, because it's sort of like sandboxy and and uh, and procedurally generated of course uh means that you can have that you don't look at the exact same screen as you did all day at work um but yeah i play quite a bit we play both on um we do some streams on on grimcore stream uh, and uh, and uh, also i play together with some friends now and then and i also play together with my wife uh she she hadn't played the game uh, and i and she was she wanted to play it she plays she she played more games before but since we had kids then uh she's not playing as much but uh, she she was she was interested in playing it so we so we have a playthrough we're we're doing together now and then which is really nice that's awesome couples who game together stay together ain't that right 
<laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the truth, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I w- wish I could get my wife to play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I... So yeah, uh, as a recreational player then, and not from like a uh, a maker of the game viewpoint, uh, what's your favorite boss to fight? Um, hmm. Like, to be honest, I like since since all my plays, like I I played together with a few friends, we like through the whole main progression uh, up until there's uh, Yaglith. And um, but after that, I've mostly played together with like either on Robin's streams or together with my wife or some friends. And then we always start from the beginning, uh, of course. And uh, so I've been playing like uh, Meadows and Dark Woods, uh, Dark, <laughs> Dark Forest, like so many times and haven't actually progressed much further than that since my main playthrough. So, uh, I mean, we did actually, like, when testing for Hearth and Home, we we did a playthrough that went uh, pretty much all the way to the end, but I wasn't in, I, I didn't, I wasn't in the play, play testing the whole time, so uh, I didn't do all the bosses. So uh, <laughs> several of the bosses I've actually probably only killed, like, one time. Uh, but I'd say, I think maybe the coolest boss is, um, I think, the Elder. It was such a cool experience the first time we I, that I did it. We had it was really challenge, and just the whole concept of it. I think it's it's very cool. Awesome, yeah. I like my favorite's got to be motor because I like how it's a mix of both archery and melee, uh, and the music's pretty amazing too. But uh, yeah, I definitely love the motor fights myself. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really great boss as well. I mean, and I think all of them are are unique in their own way. So, Jonathan, you were talking about the mountains being one of your favorite biomes, and and that has to be increased now. That that opinion because of the new frost caves that were added; those things are pretty amazing. Now and now that the, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Dude. Oh, I was going to just say that that now that the the frost caves are out. Uh, obviously, I I've been testing them in the public test branch for a while, but they're out to the public now. Can, is there anything you could share about maybe some of the more interesting or most challenging parts about developing the Frost Caves? Yeah, sure. So like I said before, uh, Richard working a lot on the Mistlands. Uh, I was actually working quite a bit on the, the caves uh, together with, like, I mean, everybody does work on everything. So, so, so there, but, but I, did, I did quite a few, like we had to do a few technical upgrades uh, code-wise. Uh, in the dungeon system to get that working with the caves because we wanted to have them as big as possible um, and deep, uh, like multi-levels and uh, and big rooms and stuff like that. So had to do some work on that um, to get everything working. That That's what I was actually hoping that like one of my sort of gripes, but not really a gripe because I realized it's an early access game and, you know, new content comes eventually. But one of my gripes was about the, uh, the burial chambers and the, and the uh, sunken crypts was just that they always seem so claustrophobic and small, especially with a third person camera, you're always kind of clipping into the ceiling and it's kind of hard to, to see what you're doing. Uh, and, and with these caves are like, they finally answered that for that, like going into a cave and, and not clipping into the wall so much and, and feeling like not so claustrophobic. It's amazing how big they are. Yeah. And I think we're, I think we're all very happy with them, uh, how they turned out. Uh, and, and I can relate to that, like while testing and, and building and improving them, uh, we're always like, uh, finding ways to make them better and like, oh, this area doesn't look good enough. And, 
and uh, and and so on. But then if you then if you sort of go back to the other ones, then you're like, oh, oh yeah, this mm-hmm. is how this is the standard that these were at. And like, I mean, even though I mean, I think they were they're still really cool. Um, there's definitely like the whole process and and sort of the the quality bar, uh, I guess, kind of got raised quite a bit for for those. Which is both very cool, but it's also a little bit, um, how should you say, worrying. Like if, if if you always have to increase the coolness of everything, then it takes longer time to make everything as well. well sure. So, so like the next biome, if that biome has to be twice mm-hmm. as cool as the biome before that, and then the next one we're making, how how much cooler does that one have to be? Then like, then you're, yeah, it's a bit worrying. Like you you, sur- you sort of also want to finish uh, what's there. Uh, both to keep be able to keep improving it uh, beyond that, but but you you sort of want to you don't want to end up uh, like say working on something for 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 too many years when it could have taken less time. If you understand what I mean. Well, yeah, and mm-hmm. and as an artist, you you can always tweak your art your project in any in any field that you're working in in art, and it, and an art project is never ever done. It's only when you let it, when you finally stop working on it, that's when it's considered done. Because you could, you could tweak it forever. So one of the questions I had, and it's probably sort of not, maybe even rhetorical question, not needing an answer, but like going back and and making the the burial chambers or the sunken crypts uh, a little more grand to meet the standard of of the frost caves. It's probably not something you guys need to do because they're there, they work well, they're they're pretty interesting, they're just a little claustrophobic. I had always dreamt of like, what if they were bigger? That would be amazing. And then of course you did it with the frost caves, but maybe that's something way after 1.0 you you guys will go back if you have no, if you don't have a hundred thousand other things on your to-do list to consider making those something more. Yeah. I mean that that is um We've we have definitely discussed um, sort of reworking some of the old dungeons in a, in different ways, and that I mean may or may not be done. Uh, when I cannot say, but but uh, but it's it's I mean it's definitely you can say it's definitely not really a priority to rework things at work yeah. when there's still unfinished things. Exactly. Uh, at the same time, that's also bringing up like one of the challenges with a game like this, where even though it's early access, even though people know, okay. It's we might have to restart. We might have to do things. Uh, we really don't want to break people's worlds because we know how much time people invest in them. And and the problem sort of is like if you're if we want to remake any old dungeon, then uh, we potentially might have to break all the old ones, um, which is like uh, it's it's something we really don't want to do. Like uh, we we really yeah we really don't want to break old worlds. Uh, and and then you get to the point where like okay, but say if we remake them, but only that's only for new dungeons, then we're sort of like copying and pasting the whole dungeon. So there's actually like two versions of that dungeon. Then and I mean, it sort of it sort of turns a project into uh, kind of a, a spider web as, as well as a house of cards, where you're like kind of scared to touch anything because because things might break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah, that's got to be a, 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 an amazing challenge, but I know I know you guys, I can tell the passion that comes from well, starting with Richard because he worked on the game and you can just look at his YouTube channel and see some of the early version stuff how passionate he was about the game and the team and how well you guys have come together that, you know, you guys want to do cool stuff too, but 
you know, going back and changing things that have or uh, that are already working to make them quote cooler could potentially break something and just maybe make more work for you guys when you could be pushing forward. And in the film industry, like I've taught filmmaking and screenwriting. And one of the things I tell people is uh, don't worry about how bad your screenplay is as you're writing it. Don't go back and constantly refine and refine and refine the pages you've already written. Just keep going forward till you're done Get your first, we yeah. call it a shitty first draft. <laughs> Always. <laughs> That's the term. It's a technical term in the Hollywood industry. And then you go back and rewrite it and make it and refine it and refine it if you want to rework it afterwards. But you got to get to the finish line first. Yeah. And I mean, that's really, um, yeah, I think that part of it is so important. Like, we're, uh, if you go back to what we talked about, where like how much time do you spend on making new content, where it's fixing old things. Sometimes, like making a new item, I mean, sure, a lot of the stuff that is new takes a lot of time because you sort of have to invent new things. Um, and then, but for example, if you look at the the, uh, the dev stream we did the other day, where 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 Robin made this this uh, horn of celebration in, in a few hours, um, and that went pretty fast. Like, uh, it's really like a, a, an imbalance in some things go pretty fast to to make. Um, but if you go back and break something, for example, <laughs> sometimes that could take days just to try to find a fix for something that is like, it's sort of a minor issue, but you're sort of scared because this might break something big. And then you spend like a lot of time cleaning up because something or like, say we did, like, for example, this has happened several times. I do some little update, like I try to fix some bug or something. And then I accidentally touch a system that I probably might not have should have, or I didn't. I didn't really uh, <laughs> consider all the different edge cases for that. And then, and then it turns out, oh, this might turn into something bigger. Then I have to spend like lots of time just to try to figure out why why did it break for like one in a thousand people now. <laughs> right, right. Um, and that is always the risk, I think, with changing too many things or going back, changing things. Um, so if they're if they're working pretty well. Um, we probably want to not break them until until we have, like you say, a, a shitty first draft. <laughs> That's yeah. a good. Well, yeah, and Valheim is uh, if if one is a shitty first draft, it's an amazing first draft. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I think I think so too. I mean, um, in being able to say that, even like before I joined, uh, I think I think I can be a little bit objective since since I can say like my my impressions of how it was before I joined the game, like. Otherwise, talking too good about your own game kind of feels uh, shitty. But <laughs> let us do that for you, and and the community uh, do that for you. You guys have a huge fan base, obviously, just telling from how many people are on Discord, and obviously how many how many have sold. And I just want to take a quick break from the show to share with you one of my sponsors, the Grimfrost, an amazing company that sells really, really cool Viking products. They have over a thousand different modern and historical Viking products. If you're interested, you should check them out. I have a link in the description, or you can go to my website, jirokthevikingcom slash Grimfrost. Now back to the show. But, but quickly, real ba back to the mountain cave since they're out and it's such so topical. We talked about the, how big and grand they are. Is there something else that was your favorite part of developing 
the frost caves, you know, what something from a programming side or something, you know, some technical issue you solved or something, maybe just the art, the art design in there, a creature, just anything that, that, that you really found as part of the, the frost caves, uh, was special for you. Um, yeah, actually, um, I could say like, I mean, most of the work that I do is like the, the technical back stuff, like, um, but, but one thing that I did in the frost caves actually is I saw that you made a video the other day about, uh, like a rare big room. Um, yeah. And actually I usually don't make things like that, but, but I was talking to Eric and I was like, I have this, an idea for a room. Could, could I make it? And he was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Of course. So actually I, I went in and made these huge dome rooms. Um, just because I, I was like, ah, these caves are so cool, but, but I kind of want to, you kind of want to, when you explore a cave, like these, these tight spots, and then all of a sudden you come into this like huge, uh, open area that maybe nobody has ever visited before. And I kind of wanted to be able to experience that. And also I sort of had this, this reference in my mind, one of my favorite movies, like I'm a huge uh, Ghibli fan, Ghibli fan. And, um, so I, so one of, and one of my favorites is Castle in the Sky. And there, there are these scenes where, where they're down in a cave and there's like, they're down by oh, a yeah. lake. Uh, and there's like all the, sh- all the rocks are shimmering. You hear the, the water draw a drip dripping and all this stuff. So it's sort of like, uh, sort of, I wanted to get that feeling. <laughs> oh yeah. I just watched a movie recently. It's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's an excellent movie. Um, so yeah, I actually I built those the big dome rooms, and then I sort of read, put in those little mini lore uh, backstory of the of the guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was from, that was super uh, fun. Yeah, yeah. I actually yeah, uh, I don't know how if anybody here has done any cave exploring, but uh, I, I've done just a, a few times, and a lot of times you're crawling through tight spaces, and if you're claustrophobic, it can be terrifying. Uh, when I, when I finally came out to the giant cavernous areas, I was just in complete awe, and that's why, like, I was so glad that when when I found that space in the in the frost caves, I I, I sort of had a a similar you know out of body experience, you know, virtually reliving that when I did it in real life. Just like, wow, look at this! This is unlike anything that we've seen before. Nice giant open space and. So amazing. Mm. Yeah. And I know you guys don't allow it, uh, players to build inside caves, but uh, on our servers, uh, people love building in the caves because after they go in and clear them out, there's not much more reason to go back. So I allowed a mod to so that they could go and build inside of them. And they did amazing yeah. things with the little tiny crypts and and sunken you know crypts and and burial chambers i can't wait to see what they do with that giant cave that you developed for the frost caves yeah i'd Mm -hmm. actually i'd love to see some of those builds um (laughs) because uh, (laughs) one of the reasons that i made those big rooms is also because i was like wouldn't it be cool if we allowed the players to build in here just to make these big like <laughs> have this big room and they can build in here uh but then we don't allow players to do that so <laughs> yeah. that part of it is not in the official game of course um mm-hmm. but but like the first version of that room um actually it was sort of like well the, the idea that i had was like that you would f- fall down there somehow or if you do fall down there the only way to get up would be like to find like there would be some broken wood pieces here and there and you can sort of like build your path to get out of there was just like a, one of the random ideas that I had. 
And I mean, I, I can sort of agree. It doesn't really, sort of doesn't really match the rest of the game. So, so we ended up not using it. But, uh, but I'm, I'm glad that there are some of you who still want to build in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yes. quite a few. <laughs> it's funny. I did a poll on my server because you, you generally are like, if whatever the community wants, you know, if, if it's within reason, um, 130 some odd players. So I, I just put out a poll and I said, who would like to be able, the mod to build in caves? Yes or no? And then uh, of, uh, I think I got 97 clicks for yes and two for no. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. that told me that they want they want to because they're so cool even the little ones you know early in game they're so cool but you there's no reason to go back to them you know so they, yeah exactly i don't know if you remember like early versions of the game actually let you build in cave uh, in dungeons yeah that's what smith smithy had told me yeah and then you, they pulled it at some point yeah i mean it was like it was kind of easy to like build your base in there and then just like there's no events down there and they cheat like it's sort of a way to sort of cheat the game in a way but so but i also i was just going to say about cheating the game the players they love building like it's such a big part of the game that they want to still to build their nice houses outside of the caves and what they end up using the caves for is more of kind of like a basement and they still oh, go yeah. up so you you like if if the only reason to not let them build in there is because it's safe and they don't have to deal with raids and whatnot, that's not really what what I see happening. I, they're still building above ground because and spending most of their time above ground because they love the building experience in the game, and you just can't you know build a full house you know down in in those. Maybe you could do it in that giant cave that you built. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I. Mean, uh, I- I definitely understand and I and I agree like I hope that down the line that we will be able to like enable that again. Uh I agree that like just for that reason alone it's not really uh, I mean it's both that we don't want people to cheese the the uh events of the game. Yeah. But it's also like um the game is about mainly about exploration and not so much about like hunkering down into a cave. Uh <laughs> just spending all your time in there but at the same time like I and I completely agree like People who want to build stuff, like why not let them build where they want mm-hmm. to build? Just yeah. like give them different environments to make cool, cool places, cool things. But then again, if I want to cheese the game, I'm not gonna build inside a cave. I'm just uh, gonna take the hoe, raise the ground way high up, so no mob can run up, and that's another way to cheat to cheese it. Exactly, it's actually the more practical <laughs> way. So yeah. people will find yeah. a way. But in this particular case, I feel like it's uh, actually it's, it, there's so many good, nice options you can craft and make things. And it's uh, yeah, as yeah. you as you as you were saying, there should be a better reason. To yeah, and um, yeah, uh, like I said, uh, we've sort of had this discussion a bunch of times, and uh, we're not all <laughs> on the same exact page with it. Like, I mean, I'd I'd uh, I'd probably let people build there, but uh, we'll see where it ends up in the end. And uh, until mm-hmm. then, you, I mean, a, an easy mod that lets you do it is is it's it's a good enough solution, I guess. Well, one of the things I've learned with work working as a filmmaker and a director and a writer and and what and critiquing you know other great filmmakers and writers is that when somebody has a vision, there's so much of that vision that is so beautiful and working that you just have to sort of trust that vision to go where it goes. And you know there are there may be things here and there that you that you maybe you wish were different, but in the end, let let the when you when there is a, a a master at work you know putting together such a great vision 
you know, just let them run with it. And, and the th- little things here and there, they're okay. You can deal with it because everything else is so awesome. And that sort of seems what like Valheim is to me. It's like, sure, this could get fixed or changed or whatever, but the vision for the overall game has been so solid so far that I'm on board wherever it goes. And that's, I mean, that's a really good point. And, and, and I agree, like, that's where I usually find myself thinking as well. Like, even though, I mean, it's, it's both a team effort, like a lot of the, a lot of the good ideas that, that are in the game come from uh, a team effort, but it's at the same time, it is good to have like, like Richard's final say in everything, like that we're still working on his original vision and game. So that so that in a lot of cases, even though I personally think like, oh, why not this and that? Uh, at the end of the day, like he decides, and and then and and uh, and I agree that it's 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 good to have like one person who 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 makes those decisions, so it doesn't just end up being a mishmash of a little bit of everything. Like all the cool ideas that everybody can think about, throwing them together probably will not make a great game. Oh, so many games and movies are like that. I just see like this like. I won't I won't point out any specific movies or games recently that you know from a giant company that only used to sell books online but now sells everything. <laughs> I won't point I anybody no out. But yeah, but certain games like that feel like it's just like they're throwing everything into the blender and then turning it on and say go have fun and I'm just getting stirred up in there and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is a mess." No. Yeah, here's everything no. except working netcode. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we've been here a while, and uh, uh, Rudy has some fun questions that he likes to ask guests. Rudy, would you like to ask some of those? Oh, I would love to. Uh, last week, we interviewed Luma, uh, and he said his favorite snacks in the Iron Gate offices are chocolates. What are yours? I'd, I'd have to say chocolates as well. Like the, the, I don't know how much he went into the, uh, the, the candy situation at the <laughs> office, <bit>. but... <laughs> Yeah, like there is usually uh, uh, some candy and different stuff there, but but uh, since I'm only there sometimes, then I have to accept the fact that probably uh, Luma and uh, Lisa have eaten all the good stuff before I get there. Uh, so that's usually the case. <laughs> Pretty sure he admitted to that as well. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, but yeah, sometimes we have like... Uh, there's there's this thing uh, that I'm not sure who coined the phrase, but probably Robin or something like uh, they call it the, the the Hershey Club, where somebody <laughs> goes out and buys uh, some new chocolate and we sit down and eat it together and and grade it, which is just a fun thing. <laughs> I, I, I'd have to say chocolate, but but I, I guess I'd take whatever's there when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, duly noted. If the Iron Gate team ever comes to America, we'll have lots of chocolates on hand. Sounds good. Now, here's a question for you that has been kind of bugging our clan lately, and we're trying to figure this out. So to craft sausages in the game, you need entrails, right? Which are from droggers, which are formerly human. So does that mean everyone in Valheim are cannibals? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... um. Hmm. I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't be the one to be creating the official uh, lore... Uh, answers on these things <laughs> but you'll have to you'll have to think about that for yourself i think <laughs> i don't know some somehow being in the 10th world and everything probably gets gets around the fact the cannibalistic fact of that but, uh, they, they've turned which, into something else they're no longer human right yeah exactly what are druggers even are they are they human 
Or they, do they just look human? Oh, are we dancers? <laughs> I would go for, oh, we are dancers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads me to, when are we getting a dancing emote? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um... Or a kiss emote that I saw you tease us with on Twitter, but oh, we didn't yeah. actually get it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> really are, yeah, are, are, a, are emotes something that is being looked into or like obviously you can't make any promises yeah i know there's a there's some uh, <laughs> how should i say this yeah there's there's ideas and there's people who want more emotes in the game like within the team um but i just think it hasn't really been on the top priority list yeah um, it seems like it, a fun extra be, yeah exactly it'll probably be something that comes a little bit now and then when there again, when somebody feels like, oh, I'm feeling inspired today, so I'm going to make these new emotes, and then somebody else puts them in there, and then when they when, when it's a suiting, if it's suitable time, they might come. Uh, and we asked a question to Luma last week and kind of touched on it a bit today, but how do you feel when players uh, say... Uh, exploit game mechanics like when you see like those animal breeders and and things like that how does how do you feel when you see stuff like that i think if it's uh if it's in a way that doesn't really break the game i think it's cool like if it's not hurting their experience if it's helping them i think it's just a creative way of playing the game like i'm all for letting players play in the way that they want to play like sure sure there's an original game idea and everything but like people People uh, spend their, they invest their own time in a product that they have bought. So at the end of the day, it's, it's sort of their game to do however they want to play. Like if they want to have a, if they want to ruin it for themselves, they are, they can. <laughs> uh, and if they like playing in a certain way, they can. Um, that being said, some things that we see, of course, like when I, when we see something, we're like, oh, that might actually ruin the experience. Then maybe we like uh, sort of patch it out. <laughs> Like for example, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was like this no map, this um, this list of no map uh, tips and tricks how to play no map mode. Yeah, and, that was uh, from, somebody from our server made that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I just saw that and I was like, oh, these are some of the things. These these are some ways that I think is kind of a boring way to play no map because like the whole the whole idea is like you want to be able to have to learn uh, to find your way around. Uh, like to to get your own bearings, not not having a map. Uh, mm. So I just like I just looked at that list and like, oh okay, I'll, I'll just I feel inspired today. I'm just going to fix a few of these things. <laughs> oh, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was awesome because a, a a no map has. It was funny when I first introduced the idea. I, I, I swear almost everybody didn't like it. They're like, I ain't playing without a map. <laughs> and then maybe they saw you, uh, some of the dev team playing with, that, with no map mode. And then I, I kept pitching the idea for a couple of weeks. I mean, there were some people who were warmed up to the idea. But then once I finally launched our no map server, the people who really got into it, they absolutely loved it. But check this out. You know what they were doing, Jonathan? What I, I had a modder develop a no map mod before. And, and so he, he turned off the the mini map and the oh, and the overhead map. They were shout pinging to each other to find each other way across the map. They would just you know shout, see the ping going through the mountains and the trees, and then head in that direction. And I told them, no, that defeats the purpose of no map. You got to use the 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 tree and the sun and 
make roads and signs and figure out how to get to places, not just shout and see the ping through the mountain. So I had the modder remove the shout ping. And at first, every <laughs> a few people were really upset by it. <laughs> but then I think once they really got, when most people who stuck around with the Nomap, as a matter of fact, Gwen here is one of the big Nomap players. She can tell you, I think they're they're having a blast over there, aren't they, Gwen? Yeah, it's amazing. It's just such a different approach. Uh, we were talking about it a couple of episodes ago, but to me, it just brings the immersion of the game to the next level. I mean, the game is already extremely immersive, thanks to all the great art and the beautiful scenes and lighting and, lighting and everything. But the added uh, uh, fact that you don't have a map that you can rely on and you really have to pay a lot more attention to the environment around you just makes it so much more immersive and i i'm really enjoying it it is uh i don't know if i would i would play always or only on no map but on the server that we have and playing with the people that we've been playing with we're having a blast yeah that sounds cool yeah i mean for example that shout ping thing i mean that is for us like for me at least i just felt like uh well that sort of breaks i mean it's sort of a boring way to play yeah uh, it sort of ruins the nomad experience in my opinion so so that was one of the things we were like because when we when we were testing no map like uh kind of funny story like uh when we put in no map it wasn't really any like official sign off on like yeah let's do that it was just like me and robin were talking about like uh i think it was me and robin might discredit somebody might, probably somebody more in the room so but we were like yeah let's put in no map and i was like it, I'm like, yeah, that'll just take a few minutes. I could just do that. So I just did it. And then we put it in as a secret like console uh, command that nobody would basically be able to see because we wanted to be able to play Nomap uh, by ourselves. Uh, and then eventually, I mean, yeah, he did it on his stream and then people found out about it and so on. Um, so then it kind of turned into a thing. But it was really just like a small test thing that we did. Um, but while we were playing, we were like, oh, you can just ping somebody and you know where yep. they are. <laughs> and then immediately we felt, oh, this, is, this isn't this is fun. So we said, okay, no pinging on them, like no no shouting, um, just, to, just to not ruin it for ourselves. Uh, so, so when I saw that, like being a part of the, because I already had that sort of on my list of things I wanted to fix on Nomap whenever I spend a few more, a little bit of time on it. And uh, so, yeah, that's just one of the things I felt like this has to be, be uh, limited somehow. So that's not fixed yet, but that may be a to-do thing in the future? Uh, isn't it? I think it's fixed, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I, I don't remember, but yet you, so the shout, the shout ping is removed in, in, the current, in the Frost Cave patch? Yeah, yeah, it should be. Now, is it, does it have a limited range now, or can the range be set? How does it work exactly? Yeah, so like, uh, also I should say that Nomap is not something that like we're officially supporting in any way. Like, it's not really tested in the same fashion that we do other things, so it's oh, sure. probably prone to break and not work completely well. But yeah, I put in a limit to the range. Uh, I'm not can't remember exactly what I put it to, but like it's a little bit further than regular talking. But um, you, so so I think like shouting range. So yeah, you can shout now because if you're close enough, then you're like, oh oh, he's over there because he's just behind a tree and I couldn't manage to see him. So if somebody wants to play that way, then fine. Then you can use that method. Uh, but if you're a little bit further away than that, then you're not. Then you won't get a ping on the map. Or I mean, ping in the direction. And for those curious, how it would work in on a server environment? Does the admin of the server just log on to the server and enter it as a console command, and then it affects the entire server? Um, actually, I, I, I changed that part of it as well. Like uh, 
previously, it was just a client command, so everybody had to write it in. Right. Uh, but that was easily exploitable. Like if somebody, like if somebody joins your server, they don't know it, or, or so on. Um, so now it's actually sort of both. So you're able to join a server and write no map as a client. Then you just turn it off for yourself. But if you are the host, you can turn it. Like if you're the host and write no map, then you turn it off for the whole server. Uh, the thing to note is that since you cannot run uh, consult like um, host commands on a dedicated server, if you want to have it on a dedicated, you just create the map like in single like uh, in a listen server like in the game. When you're being a host, you set it to no map. You exit the game, then you start that world in a dedicated. Then it'll still be no map. And I could do that with a pre-existing world if I loaded it to single player, turned it on, and then re re-uploaded that map. Then then it would work also as no map for the other players. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's basically like all the console commands. Like you can all everything that's that's uh, limited to the the admin, like the the host. You you do it as a host, and then you start it as a dedicated after that, and then it'll stay that way. And it's the same for the no portals command too, then, right? Yeah, should be the same. Oh, fun, fun. Hopefully, they work as intended. <laughs> <laughs> like well, I said, like we don't really support it, and I don't really put a lot of time into it. It's just like a fun side thing. Yeah. So, but hopefully, it helps and it works sort of well enough. Yeah. And I patched out like a few of the other ways to notice, like login direction and things like that. <laughs> Or, or yeah, the the build pieces that you would equip with the hammer were facing certain directions. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you sort of still can exploit that, and I, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to put in another fix for that, but uh, but it's not as easy as it was before, anyway. Yeah, it's sort of also like there there will always be ways that people can exploit the game, and they, we're not here to stop everybody from playing the way that they want to play. Yeah. It's just like, for example, that shout thing could ruin it for somebody who doesn't want to be shouted at, but all of a sudden somebody shouts yeah. and then you're like, oh, now I know and now I know and I didn't want to know. Yeah, well that's I mean that's obviously that takes a little bit of time to do, but it, it's awesome that you guys uh are playing the game yourselves and seeing some of the things that you guys want to see in the game as well and then making those options available for us. So that's 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 really fun. Yeah and and sort of like uh, we touched on that before um like you asked about this multiplayer like how much versus single player we're working on and uh this is like a small uh time-wise thing that that sort of helps the the multiplayer experience i think i mean as well as single player of course but uh i hope hopefully we can do some more small uh things like that where um yeah like where you can uh, change the experience for for servers basically even before one point and hope hopefully i mean i'm not promising anything but like small things like that is are definitely something that we that might come down the line yeah time permitting and if the right idea lands you know yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> yeah uh touched a little bit on some lore and again we heard from luma uh last week there about some of his favorite lore in the game uh did you add any of the lore yourself or what is your favorite lore in the game it was pretty cool hearing from him you know stories he was told as a child that is now in the game uh like the abomination there so uh, yeah, i was curious if you had anything like that too oh i haven't i haven't actually heard that story i need to hear, hear that from him um yeah um i did do for example the ice cave i was talking about before the big room uh the fisherman guy i wrote that one at least <laughs> and uh there's a few more in there 
And also, like, it depends a little bit on what you mean with lore. Like, we have one guy, I think, doing most of the lore, lore, but there's a lot of, like, descriptions here and there of items and, and things, monsters and whatnot. And um, sort of like, uh, it's a little bit un, uh, like unwritten who, who is the one who writ- writes these things. So, so when I, whoever adds an item, like, I add a lot of, things into the game and then they need strings like you need to write a text uh, or or if you just like like incomplete text just have an empty string is kind of uh i think it feels kind of broken so so a lot of us just like we write something that might be correct like might be a good text or not uh and uh, thinking like somebody will go over this and fix this later on like somebody who knows what's supposed to write is supposed to be here uh, but a lot of the time it kind of sticks and it kind of works so so uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, organic in that way, where some things that we just like add as an idea turns out to be the one that that sticks in the end. Awesome. And I've w- actually one quick question about the uh, Frost Cave update. Um, are there more plans to use crystals for more things, seeing as it's become a lot more easily available now? Um, build piece wise, uh, I can't really say. Like. Um, I, th- I think anything that we put in the game, uh, like even though there's there's like a lot of good ideas of things to put in the game, and and it's really hard to say like which ones will be there or not. But but uh, at the end of the day, we don't want to put anything that is like completely redundant. Like everything sort of has to have a purpose. So it's really hard to say like ahead of time which items will be will be in the game or not. It's more like while building a new biome, what what type of items. Uh, do we need here and are expected and 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 would be appreciated uh so it's it's a lot of iteration like trying things out oh, okay but uh yeah i mean we we sort of want everything to have a balanced amount of usage so there's not so you don't end up with tons and tons of of resin like you did a long time ago and <laughs> yeah things like that well, i was going to ask I mean, about that that was uh something i thought i heard mentioned uh before but for for me the the a lot of the loot in the game does feel like there's too much of it and so that when you especially like trophies so when you get it it's not as special because you've got a box of you know 20 of them is is that something that is has been have some of the things been made more rare or is maybe in the future certain things going to be made more rare as far as loot drops go yeah uh, yeah i mean it's definitely i mean subtle, subtle changes are being um I mean, things are are tweaked now and then, um, and uh, it's 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 kind of it's kind of difficult because, like, in one way, it, going back to what I was talking about before, you can't change things too much without getting people really angry. At the same time, you have people with worlds where they already farmed tons and tons of certain materials that all of a sudden might be more rare, but they still want to continue in their world. So it's a little bit hard to say, like, oh, this material should be much more rare. A lot of people already have tons of this material, so it's for them. It will never be very rare. So if they're on a server, then they corner the market and they become yeah. the <laughs> the rich one on the server. <laughs> yeah, <it> could, <laughs> that would be fun. But yeah, I mean, it's um, we, we all. I mean, uh, especially if you compare, like from the first released version, uh, there was a bunch of stuff that you had way too much of. I yeah. think it's been uh, improved a lot since then. There's definitely items that are still kind of worthless you end up with a bunch of them garbage items 
but it's something that we know and and we all we we hopefully will find solutions for by the end to have a good balance of of what drops and how much of each thing yeah black metal arrows would be an idea <laughs> just just throwing something into the room because there's yeah. so much black metal it's the one metal yes. that that just drops from uh mobs rather than you know having to be farmed so it's just like people have chests and chests full of black metal yeah it's like People are going to the, the, the fueling villages and they leave the, the metals behind and take the rocks with them. <laughs> yeah, because they need rocks to build with. Yeah, black metal just yeah. becomes trash. Everybody throws on the ground now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, could be, I don't know, make, make it like the an upgraded version of the, of the fire arrows with purple fire that does magic damage or something. <laughs> I don't know, just... Yeah, I mean, it's also like, uh, if, you, if you look at it... Um, uh, Balance-wise, it's it's uh, uh, one challenge. There is thinking: um, how is it for a player to play through the progression, like from start to finish? That is one balance, and then the other balance of playing like you guys do, hundreds of hours on the same server, building things, uh, mm-hmm. having a resource server to fill up on resources and stuff like that. I mean, uh, it's really hard, I think, to to have those two very different games. Like it's basically two almost different games. Uh, mm-hmm. Balance-wise, anyway, uh, to keep those uh, balanced. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, something to think about. Like, how could we improve that area? Like, I don't like the idea of oh, you're leaving behind all the the, the mm-hmm. items because they're not they're not of any use. And other items you can't find enough of, and maybe even they run out on the server, so you have to have a resource server. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and there's always the balance of you have some people who can maybe play for an hour or two or maybe, you know, a few hours a week versus some players who play for 20, 30, 40 hours a week. So you have to find some kind of balance because the people who play all the time, they're obviously going to have more loot. And the people who only have a few hours here and there, they're going to get frustrated if they can't eventually get the thing they're looking for. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Luckily, this is not an MMO, so um, hopefully, like my recommendation is to sort of play with people who play in a similar amount of time, um, at least for the main progression, so that you're not either you miss out on too much or or somebody has to do all the work. Uh, of course, like if you're more on a creative server, then it's then it works to like mix it up a lot more. But uh, but I think still like not like not being an MMO like an actual MMO. I think um, it's sort of more of like up to the group and the server host and like how do we want things handled on our in in our game. Yeah. Whereas in an MMO, like if 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 they decide to change something and you don't like it, well, too bad. I mean, <laughs> you you just have to live with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so you've been here for oh gosh, you're looking at the time, almost two hours now. So I just sort of wrap up with just a couple comments about the Mislens preview, and obviously. You don't say what you you can't say or whatever, but um, th- those previews are, were really cool. It looks like we now have a, a second creature. Uh, the first one was the bug, and I believe it was called the, uh, a seeker. I think Grimcore or somebody announced the name of that one. I'm guessing this bunny doesn't have a name yet, or if it does, your guys aren't allowed to share it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Just to be sure, like the stuff you're talking about, is it like in the Steam post or from the uh, the the fireside chat or which ones? Um, the the patch that was just released today that made the frost caves um, pu- uh, public. 
they yeah. po- there, there's a picture of a kind of a scaly looking bunny rabbit and then also a kind of a panoramic uh, wide shot of the mist lens and some trees. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And just so, so I know which one you're talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, what? Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> oh, uh, I guess I was fishing for the name of the rabbit, but uh, if, if it, I, I don't think they posted a name here. But um, it's pretty cool looking. Um, yeah, like um, I could probably say that I don't think there is a definite answer for the name of the rabbit <laughs> well that's actually how a lot of it happens right like you get the concepts first and then names come later <laughs> yeah exactly like um yeah for example for the for this rabbit i put in i put it in like um the entity like or the prefab for it with before all the the content and stuff comes in sometimes it goes the other way but anyway i just put it in and you just throw up a random name basically yeah. and Many of the names will probably be changed, but uh, then sometimes they stick. So, yeah, like I, I haven't heard if there is a final say on what it's going to be called, to be honest. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Well, yeah, it's interesting because I spawned so much stuff on the server. Uh, the code to spawn in a creature or an item isn't always the same as the 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 official name in the game, like a feeling. In the code, <laughs> it's not feeling, it's a goblin, right? So... It was like a yeah, placeholder yeah. name until they figured out what it what it was going to be. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of a funny anecdote about uh, development. Um, like I come from teams where naming convention and things like that is are kind of strict. Like you, you really want to keep things uh, clean and and organized and all that stuff. Uh, that's not always the case <laughs> here. <laughs> like uh, one of the effects that you're talking about, like. We kind of joke about it ourselves because, like, we're not even sure what are these things called. Like, some of the, like, let's see, was it the abomination? I think might have like four different names depending on who you ask. <laughs> uh, and, and like, there's the name of what it's called in the end. There's the name of the prefab, like where you spawn it in. There's the name of the model, and there can be the name of like the material or the texture. Like, it like somebody makes it and they're not sure what it's called, so they just call it something. And then right. the next guy is like, no, that's not what it's going to be called. It's going to be called this. And then they <laughs> name that one. Or they don't know that somebody else already named it to something. So, so yeah, it's, it can be kind of confusing. Like in the, in the Unity project, like same asset like, can have like three or four different names. <laughs> Sometimes can be very, <laughs> very difficult to work with. But, it, uh, the same thing happens when, I, when I'm doing editing work. The bigger the project, as you start to import assets into an editing project, you'll, you'll name certain assets or folders, certain things, and... Then as they come in, they somebody has submitted it with a different name, or you come up with a different name, and it can be a little hard to find. And I'm I'm not always the best with organizing my names, and it's a little like giving my project, my editing project, to somebody else. It would probably be kind hard, kind of hard for them to figure out where everything is. But I know because it's organized chaos in my mind. Yeah, that's pretty much the case. I think it's kind of charming in a way. Yeah. But it is also a little bit uh, difficult, like when you're going to spawn in something, you're like, oh, wait, what was the what was that name for that thing again? Uh, like, I mean, if you look at most of the bosses, I think, have different names as well. Yeah, yeah, they do. They all they do. Or like um, the planes being called Heath instead of planes. When you spawn in stuff from the planes, it's all referred to as Heath, the environment for the for the planes or rocks or the the Heath pillars in the planes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, 
Yeah, you can really see the the history of the development <laughs> going yeah. on there. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's putting all their ideas down and whatever sticks in the end. Um, yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah, and I, I just want to. So I don't know if you 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 were you saw the um, panoramic that they that they put out to the public here uh, of the mist lens. They, they say that it's a concept art by one of the concept artists. But there's two new trees in this picture that we haven't seen before, which which is super exciting. I mean, they might be the same tree, but two models of the tree. But I just thought that was awesome. I, I they look like kind of like these thin bonsai trees. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I don't know, rhetorical almost, but I think they're I think they're cool as well. <laughs> oh, super cool! Uh, yeah, there's just so many fun things about those. Yeah, but it, it's also good to know, like that, uh, like everything, like. Uh, that is put out is always like work in progress. So hopefully people don't get disappointed if certain things don't always make it into the final version of stuff. Oh yeah. I've defended that so many times too, whether it be in a forum or YouTube or, or discord or something, uh, especially with Valheim, but other, other things too, movies and other games when they say, well, they showed us this in a teaser or somebody talked about this in an interview. And I say, but it's all an evolving creative process, you know. They have to go in the, you know, end up with what they decide in the end. You know, you can't hold them to anything and just be glad that you get what you get and the great vision of whatever it is you end up with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Jonathan, thank you for spending two hours of your time with us. It it definitely went longer than I thought, but it was so interesting. I, I just let you keep talking because you were t saying so many great things. I can't wait to put this together. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I felt like some of the time, like, oh, shit, I've been dabbling for like several minutes. Nobody else is saying anything. <laughs> it's okay. We're used from it to it from Jirok. Usually he's oh, the one yeah. talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. In my mind, I, I have this, it, it, I call it the two second rule. And if there's silence for two seconds, alarms start going off in my head, like literal mm -hmm. alarms. And I start to panic and just start saying stuff because like the, the listener, especially on a live stream, because the listeners, they don't, they don't, they're not, they're not going to tune in if, if everything's just quiet for, you know, several seconds, mm -hmm. they're going to, they're going to click off and go somewhere else. So you got to keep them engaged. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. As long as it doesn't translate over to like, uh, if you're in an office working and then nobody's talking for two seconds and you're like <laughs> talking constantly. <laughs> well, thank you again, Jonathan. And we look forward to all the exciting things the, that you guys are going to be putting out in the future. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, thanks for having so me. It was, it was fun to be here and talk to you guys. Yeah, thanks for your time, uh, not only with us, but on this game. We're all big, big fans, obviously. So, And we appreciate everything that you and the team at Iron Gate are doing uh, to provide, keep providing great content for us. So thank you from the players. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Thank you for listening to Podheim, Jirox Valheim podcast. We have new episodes coming out every Friday. And if you enjoyed listening, please support us by subscribing to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a rating and a review to help more Vikings find us. We also have a Patreon with perks for supporters like behind the scenes discussions, exclusive content, and segments that are edited out of the main podcast. And if you'd like to join our friendly Discord community, we have more than a thousand people there. Just go to discord.gg slash Viking. If you'd like to play on my Valheim servers, just go to my website at jirokthevikingcom and submit an application. 
I'd like to give a huge shout out to my supporters, some of them on Patreon, the YouTube membership, and the ones who help boost our Discord server. Your support means the world to me and inspires me to make more videos, as well as run a community Discord and multiple Valheim gaming servers. If you enjoy my videos and would like to support my work, join our friendly Discord community and Valheim servers, links can be found in the description below. Skull!